What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday hump day edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. The only thing that we ask you to do is call during the break. And be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, uh, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter or follow me, you can at Sports Grind. And also, if you want to stream the show live and leave comments during the stream, during the live show, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, and you can go to my personal page as well, and you can leave comments, and I'll respond to those from real time over air, or I'll get to those and respond to those later. And also keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast daily, 365. And if you are in, if you're traveling or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial wise, um, Make sure you also can go to sportsgroundonline.com where you can click the play button and you can listen to us live there. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So let's get into it uh, again. I've made this announcement a few times this week, even last Friday, but I want to go ahead and um, just clarify because I know not everybody listens every day. Not everybody listens even weekly. Probably you should, but it is what it is. It's summertime. Uh, but I did announce that this week uh, it was going to be a short week for us. We're with you tomorrow. And then on Friday, we will be off Friday all the way until the following Wednesday, uh, the day after 4th of july and like i've stated this a few times before um it's summertime um so there's going to be the schedule is going to be a little bit sporadically here and there between now and probably until we get to the middle of august um and then we'll be uh ready to bunker down for the uh football season uh coming up eight seven seven three seven grind all right man let's see what we've got to get to today on this hump day uh we've got quite a few things kind of going on um basically we've got um, some NFL uh, news, of course, to get to. We've got a big tweet from Adam Schefter today in regards to the sports gambling topic and player involved in regards to that. Definitely want to talk about that. Also, the NFL PA has found a replacement for D. Marie Smith. Remember, they decided about a year ago that they were going to not renew or move forward. So they have found their man. Uh, he's going to uh, come on in the 2024 season. We'll talk about that. Also, we've got some tragic news out of the NFL uh, in regards to former quarterback Ryan Mallett. Uh, remember, he went to Arkansas. He's played some in the NFL. I think he made a stop at the Patriots even as one time. And the Texans. And the Texans. Uh, lost his life in a drowning incident. Uh, don't know too much of the details, but I think it was kind of somewhere in the, when, the Gulf of Mexico or somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, it was in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. Okay, it was in Florida. So, um, just sad situation. Um, like I said, he was... Um you know, Arkansas was good at the time that he was there, that he went to the NFL and bounced around. I think he's lasted for about, what, maybe seven years, five or seven years in the league, if that. Uh, but definitely thoughts and prayers and condolences to his family. Um, we've got Travis Kelsey 
borderline going Jose Canseco and Takashi. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, also, we've got our list to get to. We got to get to the top safety list. And then now CBS, I'm telling you, these writers and everything in the summer, they get together and they just figure like, what are we talking about? Well, let's come up with this. Let's look at this list. So that's the reason why I'm partaking in all this list stuff, because this is usually the time of the summer where everybody does this. But the CBS Sports have came out with the top quarterback backup duo. Uh, in the National Football League. So if we don't run out of time, we'll get to that. Definitely want to get to the safeties, though, since we've done the quarterbacks yesterday. And what was the only other position we did? Did we do wide receivers already? No, we haven't done wide receivers yet. I know the uh, cornerback list is out now, too. So um, there's other options. More lists all summer. Well, if the corner is already out, then I think quarter basically takes precedence over safety. So let's make the corner list since you already came across that because um, I haven't seen that yet. But we also have tight ends now. Well, Which that could say we ain't gonna fit them all today. I wonder Maybe, who's number one. Yeah, we can parlay that over to tomorrow. But definitely, we'll look at the cornerbacks, and if we got time, we'll look at the. Uh, at the safety position. But you got that going on. Also, I didn't get a chance to comment yesterday, which I didn't even have it on the docket today, but it just came on top of my head. I didn't get a chance to really talk about the Derek Carr situation and his comments and my thoughts on that. So I'll try to circle around and get to that. Baseball, we had some day action today. Uh, pretty much the Braves and Twins uh, got it on earlier. Uh, we've got another first pitch here in about an hour. Uh, last night, the Astros fall to the struggling cards 4-2. to two. Um, they're really kind of struggling for the most part. They've got a couple injuries. I don't know if they're banged up as the Yankees, but I think from what I've seen so far, the Astros, a lot of it has to do with their inconsistency, I think, in their middle relief pitchers and their back end closer. Uh, but it's early. It's kind of early. Uh, it's still going on. Also, um, what else we got here? Otani. Otani makes history again. It seems like this guy, every time that he plays, he's doing something we haven't seen in forever. Uh, but Otani becomes the first American League pitcher since 1963 uh, to strike out 10 and hit two run, two home runs. I believe that I, I won't use the word robbed, but I will believe that he was very much, very much denied the American League MVP because of Judge and the pinstripes and the home run and everything, chick to dig the long ball, whatever. He should have won it last year, but unless he gets hurt, or something freaky happens, he's in the clubhouse to win the American League MVP this year. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I have to look at some of the other players in the American League of who's really hot and not, but I would, I'm would i almost borderline calling this race over, uh, to be honest with you, based on if he remains to be healthy and he doesn't miss any time at DH or pitching due to injuries. That's my opinion on Otani. What do you got? Uh, interesting headline coming out of the ringer uh, today. Uh, ben Lindbergh over there writing, forget MVP, Shohei Otani is building a case as the GOAT. Is it too early for that, or is there, or are we kind of on this trend to where you know we're seeing we're, he's doing something that we haven't seen before? Again, we talked a couple weeks back, we looked at the Babe Ruth comparison, mm-hmm. and then Babe Ruth only did it for six years that he was really a pitcher and hitter. Um, is, is this kind of too early to start this goat talk with Otani? Everybody knows if you listen to this show, everybody knows I love Otani. I mean, he's one of my uh, favorite players in the league right now. Um, he really earned my respect, um, you know, over the last couple of years. Uh, but I will tell you, as much as I respect him and love his game and think that, you know, I haven't seen this in our lifetime, most people live in, I would say, yes, pump the brakes. I think it's too early because the reason why I say that 
is because the guy that he continues to get, what sets him apart is basically because of his pitching skills and hitting. And the guy that he keeps getting com- compared to, or you haven't seen this, you haven't seen that, for the most part, it's Babe Ruth. Okay, and in my opinion, like I said, I'm not a seam head. Okay, uh, but I did a show next to a guy that was a seam head for about 17 years or so. Um, Babe Ruth has almost been like that folklore that 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 like people that wasn't alive in this whole deal. You know, the candy bar, Baby Ruth, and then when you talk about Babe Ruth, you know, uh, you know, the Colossus of SWAT. You know, basically whatever it was in Sandlot. Um, you you talk about that you you haven't really basically heard even Babe Ruth in the goat conversation too much in my opinion you've heard him as basically because this is the reason why because most people if you unless you were alive in that point or you know somebody that was most people will sit there and what do they do they diminish and I'm not saying it's fair but I feel like more of the talk is diminished like oh who did he play against you know, that was before the Negro, that, you know, the, that was before, you know, segregation in baseball, before Jackie Robb. They'll, they'll knock on the bay for certain things. So I don't think, unlike when we have the conversations about Tom Brady or MJ or LeBron, I don't think, in my opinion, it's been hands down that Babe Ruth is the greatest baseball player to ever live. You know, and, and the reason why I say pump the brakes on Otani is because you've had a lot of great baseball players. I mean, this is the sport that is driven more by numbers and stats than they are championships. Every other sport, football, basketball, whatever level, pros, college, everything is really based on are you a champion, how many titles you won. In baseball, it is so much about numbers. It's whether it's stolen bases, your average, hitting streak, uh, strikeouts, home runs. Everything is about numbers with this sport. So we've seen a lot of different players pick up different numbers, but I think the Babe Ruth situation in my era, in my lifetime, has been met with some path of resistance because of those things that I've said. And that's really where Otani is really setting himself because we haven't seen anybody alive hasn't really seen a guy that is this good with the arm and this good with the bat. So how long does he have to maintain this? Because we, we look at it from a contract standpoint, but when we look at the overall greatest of all time conversation you wonder first off how do you pay him and he hasn't gotten to that lucrative contract just yet mm-hmm. um we already have that conversation there so how long does he have to maintain this knowing that ruth's window and even if you don't want to call ruth the greatest of all time he might be the most historic the most name recognizable uh player of all time um but even if you don't want to put babe ruth in that kind of category to make otani the greatest baseball player not pitcher not hitter greatest player of all time how many more seasons does he have to maintain this we've had two mvp caliber seasons this is number three well i think it just comes down to when his career is over i mean i've said this before i mean i get it i mean it's the social media era it's the era that everybody has to have opinion it's the era of the oversaturated podcasts oversaturated sports talk shows oversaturated tv sports talk shows everybody's got an opinion and i think that basically we're in the era that we want to rush and put the GOAT title on somebody, whoever made that comment or wrote that article, whoever. Uh, ben Lindbergh of the uh, the Ringers. Yeah, and I just basically believe, and you know, I'm not questioning this man's credibility of covering baseball or how much baseball he's seen, but I'm just going to stay consistent. I just feel that we're in this era where we've got to rush to put a GOAT title on somebody or the greatest of and while they're still playing. 
I mean, Otani hasn't even reached his prime yet. He's early on in his career. Like you just said, he hasn't even got his first big contract yet. He's not in his prime right now. Okay. So to me, to rush there just to sit there and say, because he's doing stuff we haven't seen since 1903, now to yesterday, 1963, there's factors in that. And I think, why are we rushing just to go ahead and label him the GOAT? I mean, the Angels haven't been in the postseason since when? And, I, and again, this goes back to where, you know, in the last few years, I would say in the last four or five years, when you talk about the best player in the game, Mike Trout has been brought up in that conversation. The one guy that has pressed him has been Mookie Betts. The difference is Mike, Mike Trout has gotten that recognition, and he's only been in the playoffs once, and that was moons ago. And he didn't, he didn't perform that well the last time he was in the postseason. But is that Mike Trout's fault? No. Anybody that's even paid attention to baseball the last few years, you know the Angels have had horrible starting pitching and bullpen. So to me, it just goes back to where I'm just saying that I just feel that we've got to wait. I mean, he hasn't even been in the postseason yet. We've got to see him on the stage of a postseason. Now, the biggest thing he's seen him on the biggest stage was the World Baseball Classic Championship, where basically he was on the mound to close out and win over the USA to bring a world another World Championship Baseball Classic to the to the country of Japan. So, but until we see him in October or in the postseason. I love a tiny man, and I'm more intrigued about what this contract's going to be, but I'm not trying to sit there and say he's the greatest baseball player all the time. I think that's just that's speeding a lot. 877-37-GRIND. All right, but let's start first. Let's circle back because the NBA, like I said, they can't stay out of the news because it's summer. We haven't got camp, but, of course, um, it's been heavy news back here in our backyard with the 2-1-0 with the emergence and the drafting of Victor Wimbiamba. Vic. I'm just going to call him Vic. Victor. Well, I can't say Wimby. Vic because because that's I don't I thought about this because I, I like to be different. I'm probably just going Victor because Vic is I, I reserve that's Michael. When I think of Vic, I think of Michael Vic because as this badass as Michael Vic was on on the field, you would just say, "Man, Vic is this Vic." So that kind of so I'm just gonna say Victor. Just go back to Wimbamba. Wimbamba. <laughs> that yeah. was the or Wimby, your, and that was your early w one. Wimbamba, <laughs> or I'll go with Wimby or Victor. But anyway, uh, it's come out today, uh, and this has made national news. You get that Spurs fan no longer, no one cares, and the national attention don't care. Nah, man, this guy's made headlines of websites, all the major ones that I use every day since he's been drafted and prior to draft on one of them. Too much. So, so to me, I, it is getting kind of victored out. But again, you know, you know, you can't be complained. I mean, Detroit would love to have these problems right now. Portland would have loved to have these problems. They would have been saying, Dame who? I don't know. If he's coming back, who gives a damn? If they had Victor, well, that's not the case. So we don't want to complain when we've been blessed again. But um, he's made a decision. They've made a decision that he won't be joining the team until Vegas, Summer League in Vegas. So he's not going to start. Because where did they open up at? Because we talked about this a few weeks ago. Was it Sacramento or where did they? Yeah, it's the Sacramento-California yeah. series. Um you know, so there's a couple of games there, and then you have the Vegas Summer League. And because Adam Silver talked about, you know, he didn't care whether he made his debut in Vegas or not. It, this is, he just wants Wemby to be here. And I think, you know, I, now the only downfall of this is because don't we, doesn't it miss the Scoot matchup? The, he misses that, right? Wasn't that scheduled for like the second? summer league game double check and fat check that on me but i think the only thing about it is he'll miss the scoop matchup but who cares i feel like they'll have many times through the course of their career to match up but I, if i'm not mistaken that was going to be the first or second game that they played and i don't think that's going to take place in vegas so he's not with the team early on 
which I think he will be with the team, but he's not going to be playing until they get to Las Vegas. And uh, what do you got? You got uh, in Vegas, you will still have the Scoot game okay. and okay. the Brandon Miller game. Okay, okay, cool. Then I mean, I don't. And to me, because there's only a selected teams that are going to the Sacramento League, right? Okay, part of me feels like this is a. This is definitely a decision, and I'll hold on to that. I'll tease that. You are listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Uh, get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. There's nothing like the arrival of spring and the company smell of fresh cut prices in the air at Specs. Nobody does wine like Specs with a Texas size selection of world class wines at lower prices. You'll find the perfect zing for spring at Specs. Raise a glass to lower prices and fresh picked spring selections. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 87737 Grind. Um, okay, so let me finish my point that I was going to before we went to the break in regards to the decision of um, holding Wimby out until Vegas. Um, part of it feels, and this kind of goes back to the talk in regards to Wimby not playing FIBA, all right? Um, I always wondered when that came out, I was like, okay, is this a Spurs decision? 
or is this Victor's decision or was it a mutual decision? And then when you look at this situation, it's almost like, and this is just me. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll put my Jonas hat on for a little bit and go to the conspiracy. It's almost like the organization saying, look, they, they're very aware of the hype and the anticipation of seeing this guy on the, with an NBA uniform on and on the court, even if it's a summer league. And part of me feels like, oh, well, y'all chose us to play in Sacramento. And basically that way in Vegas, then we'll just wait until we'll just wait now. Because I because I look if the NBA, which is crazy to me, because I'm thinking like because um, the teams. OK, let's first of all, before I really hit home or really think if that's really a possibility, let's just focus on. And I don't know if you know this, but let's just focus on the teams that are actually participating in Sacramento before Vegas gets going. Because not all NBA teams are participating in in Sacramento. So let me look at the lineup before I really feel like if this is something with that. Right. There are different regional ones. You know, this is the first time that the Spurs are playing in the California Classic. Usually they'll play the Utah Summer League and then, of course, the Vegas one. Um, But starting next Monday, July 3rd, the Spurs are going to, their first game is going to be up against the Hornets. Uh, also at the Sacramento League, uh, the California Classic, you've got Miami, uh, Los Angeles Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, and the Sacramento Kings, in addition to the Hornets and the Spurs. So those six teams. And it's only two days. Okay, maybe that puts in, maybe with those other participants. Okay, give them to me again, again, one more time. Give me, let me, let me concentrate a little bit more. The participants are going to be the Heat, the Lakers, the Spurs, the Hornets, the Warriors, and the Kings. The Spurs games out there right. are going to be against the Hornets, so mm-hmm. the number two overall pick, you right. know, um, Brandon Miller, and then Spurs versus Lakers. So you're missing uh, Wemby versus the Lakers right. for the first time. Well, I was looking at. I'll kind of back. I'll back up, maybe not so much on my FIBA thoughts, but I'll back up on my take I was just going to do now in regards to saying, hey, you got this. But I'm looking at it now that I've concentrated on the team you said, and you're looking at Charlotte, and you're look because because the, re- the make no mistake about it, the Vegas is where it's at. The Vegas is the one that gets the teams on ESPN. That's where the fans travel at. That's where you get some NBA players have an excuse to get away to go to Vegas. That's Las the Vegas is all thirty teams, right? Fans from across the country come in. It's like uh, I don't know about a week, week or a week and a right. half of right. just action. Um, the Spurs at that one, they're also going to be playing Charlotte there, so you're still mm-hmm. going to get the one versus two matchup. Yeah, um, they're going to be playing Portland, so you get the one versus three matchup there again in terms of picks. Wembenyama and Scoot, and Brandon Miller. Uh, Spurs versus Washington and Spurs versus Detroit. I think for scheduling purposes, I can be a little bit critical of the NBA because I feel like out of all the ones that are in Sacramento, there's only two teams that had a shot, a legit shot at a top three, top five pick out of all those teams, and that was the Charlotte Hornets and the Spurs. So to me, knowing that and scheduling, you could have pretty much let Charlotte and the Spurs start in Vegas. And, and replace them with some other people to go in there. So I, I, I'm a, I was going one way with my take to sit there and say, well, this is a big, you know, middle finger to, you know, the league and saying, hey, well, you put us in here. But when you look at the other franchise, Golden State, whatever, I was like, OK, not. I said, but wait a minute. If the reality of it is, if you got Charlotte and the Spurs should have been waiting with TV involved, Vegas, all 30 teams, they should have been making their summer debut in the Vegas League anyway. 
because you because you were mo most likely one of those teams were going to have a top two, three pick or four pick anyway. So it's all about the anticipation and basically the eyes on it being Vegas, all 30 teams to try to debut either one of these Brandon Miller or Vic Victor in the Sacramento league. That's just, I mean, I could be nitpicking, but I, again, I just feel that, you know, there are people that are paid great money to make these decisions and do scheduling. And sometimes you feel like, I know in the NFL side of things, it's become like in the last five or six years, it's become too, I would say really in the last three to four, it's become too, you know, gimmicky, like soap opera storyline. Let's figure out what the matchup's going to be or whatever. It's still a little bit organically. And then the NBA, especially with this situation, I just feel like it's not thought process to. It, it should have been you knew that the Spurs or Charlotte was going to end up a good chance with either Scoot, Victor, uh, Brandon Miller. And, and that would have been, in my opinion, good just to have those teams debut in Vegas. That's all. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's just a scheduling of, every, of everything. And, of course, Adam Silver did speak about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, even before the draft, about the Spurs' decision to play at the California Classic. And then, you know, we had that we, we had that whole discussion that day about, you know, Adam Silver says, look, whenever the Spurs want to debut Wimbenyama, they can. You know, and we support it. If it doesn't happen in Vegas, we're disappointed. But we want the Spurs to do right by you know, the phenom, so. Well, yeah, I, I think also um, it's one of those situations to where me personally, what I've been saying, um, I've been saying that this is one of those situations where I don't know for sure 100% that I even want him playing um, in the summer league um, because of the basketball that he's played pro-wise. And I get it. He's only 19. I understand it. And I'm not a big guy of low management, this and that. It's just a still, it's been a lot of basketball. And I just feel like him getting ready in the conditioning and weight training and getting understanding about the system that they're going to, that Pop is going to want to try to run uh, around him is probably more important, I think, than running to the going through the summer league, in, in just my opinion. But I think that now that we are going to see him, I still think the minutes he plays is minimal. I really do. I think he's out there for maybe... 15, 10 to 15 minutes tops per game, in my opinion. I think that's what it should be. Um, this this organization has always been an organization to lean on the side of caution more than anything, than put, you know, foot to the pedal and go. So I'm going to say I put his maximum minutes a game around 15, maybe 18. Definitely under a dub. And I have a problem with that. And that's because... You know, like, look, the summer league is, in my opinion, is really designed for rookies and guys that's trying to make a roster that basically are either coming out of college or coming from overseas or whatever to get that feel and play in the summer against other rookies and to, uh, to kind of understand what the organization is what they're trying to accomplish, meaning the system, the way we play, not just the Spurs, but all these teams, because their main coaches don't coach. It's usually assistants. It's upcoming assistants. So to me, it's more of getting these rookies that are basically coming out of college or whatever, more reps of familiarity around an NBA setting. Wimby's coming from a pro league. I know it's not the NBA, but it's the highest France pro league that there is. And it's been a lot of basketball. And he played deep into the season. And that's my whole thing. Not saying Victor is above the summer league. I'm looking at the circumstances 
uh, revolving in. 877-37-GRIND. Also with the NBA, um, reports today seem to all point toward Kyrie Irving uh, signing a new deal with the Mavericks, an extension. Don't know or haven't heard what exactly the numbers uh, look like. Um, but it was going to come down to, you know, you kind of heard early on a few weeks ago that Kyrie was really trying to push to um, recruit LeBron to play in Dallas. And I always thought that that was pretty much a long shot uh, because of where LeBron's at in his career. And again, with his son choosing to go play at USC, you get to see your son play. I mean, why would he sit there to uproot to go and play with Dallas. And I think in Kyrie's point, um, this is definitely, in my opinion, going to be about the money. Um, look, there is going to be a point where you would like to think uh, Luka Doncic, a.k.a. Doncic Shane, is going to be playing for titles or going to be playing to make deep runs in the Western Conference into the NBA Finals. But I don't see Dallas at that point yet. And, and to me, uh, with Kyrie Irving, you know, and maybe he could be looking at this because Kyrie's always, I mean, earth flatter guys and women are always different. But I think maybe he looks at it as like, I've got my ring, you know, um, maybe I haven't cashed into that big, big contract that I would like. His reputation has been tarnished for the most part on and off the court. Um, screw it. I'm just going to get the bag. Because I think if it's really about like, you know what, let me if it's about winning more titles and you're in this situation where you have an opportunity to go here and there um, and Kyrie has made money off the court. Make no mistake about it. He just doesn't have NBA money. He's made off the court NBA money as well. You probably want to take somewhat of a haircut to see if you can go with one of the contenders, whether that's going to LeBron and maybe just signing a two-year deal with the Lakers and playing with them and taking a big haircut to play with, you know, AD and LeBron. I mean, he's been trying to play with LeBron, period. Um, or there could be some other opportunities out there, even back in the East. But I think with all said and done, if he does stay with the Mavericks and there's nobody else guaranteed to come join him or play with Dallas, uh, he chose the money. He chose the money, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've always said that, you know, some people and some athletes, they treat this. And I'm not saying Kyrie is like that, but there are some athletes that treat their their profession, whatever sport it be, just like a regular job, just like somebody that clocks in at nine to five. OK, somebody that went to school to get a four year degree at something and got into it like, you know what? It pays well, but this is not really my passion, really what I want. I want to do other things. They're athletes like that. There are athletes like that. Not saying Kyrie's like that, but um, if they're not able to bring somebody else in with Dallas, uh, if he's going to commit, I, that would be a little bit of head scratcher to me to be like, okay, so you went all through this to get LeBron to come to Dallas, but we're going to be that quick to sign this big extension. And if you're the Mavericks, from their standpoint, I'm looking at it like, okay, you're going to have a lot of money tied up in Luka. There's going to be this is going to be a healthy contract for Kyrie if he stays. And then I'll go, OK, well, where do we go from where y'all going from there? Uh, what is the other part of the Mavericks, you know, look like? Because I really think last year they took uh, they did something awful with the last game of the regular season. I mean, they threw that with an opportunity to get in the playing game just so they could protect their future pick or deal they had with the Knicks or whoever they had basically going back to the Przingis deal. 
Um, I thought that was bull crap. They should have forfeited their whole pick anyway. But Adam Silver was batting a thousand this all season. I mean, this past five months with soft penalties and stuff handed down. Um, but I will say this with the Mavericks before we move on, whether they keep Kyrie, he decides to sign or has to change of heart. It doesn't matter. It won't matter until their best player and Luka Doncic, AK Doncic, until he makes a commitment on the defensive side of the ball. And I've already told you that this is going to be an interesting season for me coming up. Because remember last year, he finally showed in the shape. But he was in the shape because he was playing for his country, his team during the whole qualification, Olympic stuff, all that kind of stuff. So this year, with none of no commitments like that, I want to see if he can make it two years in a row where he shows up in shape and not has to play basketball to get in shape. That's something I'm going to be watching for. But until he makes a commitment on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Jason Kidd called him out so many times except just putting a name on it. Uh, it was ridiculous to know that, hey, it, it's going to be up to him now whether you have Kyrie or not. Now, I do believe that Kyrie could be a guy with a, you know, playing alongside LeBron, winning a championship. He can be that guy that Luka will respect and can push him to make sure that he makes that effort on defense or he proves on defense. Because I feel like the type of defense Steph Curry played when he came in the league after coming out of Davidson, if he can make – with everything he accomplished before – even after that, if he can make a, a, an improvement, which he has, and make an effort to try to play better defense, anybody can. Anybody can. Okay, that's just my opinion. 877-37-GRIND. Also, uh, sticking with the NBA as well, too. Um, you know, we've been heavy on the uh, Dame situation. Um, you know, with that... Everything here is that the Portland's going to be patient. Uh, basically, what it sounds like to me, translation, they're letting Dame shop himself around to see what kind of trade or what kind of value they can get or if he has a change of heart and decides he really wants to stay with Portland. That's the translation on that for me. Uh, Oladipo has exercised his $9.5 million option. Um, you know, he's going to – and that's with Miami, right? Uh, correct. It yeah. is with Miami and the Sun mm -hmm. Sentinel pointing out today that he is now eligible to be traded right. because he's opted in. Yeah, I really don't think, uh, you know, I think if you're on the verge of waiving outright releasing Kyle Lowry, um, and I think, unfortunately, uh, Oladipo has had a bad stretch in the last four years with major injuries that have cost him long rehabs and time in the league. I don't see or would be surprised if, Pat Riley and the Heat make it a priority to bring Oladipo back. I, I think they're looking to – I understand why they did it, why they took a flyer on him because of the whole situation of me constantly saying they need to get Jimmy some help. But me personally, I doubt it very seriously that they're going to take a priority to bring Victor Oladipo back. Um, also, uh, Chris Paul, uh, you know, Clay Thompson has broke his silence. He just said it's going to be weird uh, playing with Chris. Um and, you know, I kind of forgot, but I guess, you know, this was a little bit, you know, Chris Paul had a little bit of robbery with them. I guess his time with the Rockets, they went through some things. But, I, you know, I can kind of see, I mean, Clay can speak for himself, but I can see what he's saying. Uh, but honestly, in this day and age of NBA and a lot of these guys having somewhat relationships off the court, you know, I don't know how awkward it would be. Now, maybe Clay 
he didn't really say it, but maybe Clay's thinking about maybe how is this system going to work with Chris? Is he going to have the ball in his hand most of the time? Are we going to change things? Maybe those are the things that are going around in Clay Thompson head. Um, but I was also thinking, you know, I love Clay, but I was like, uh, do we know 100% that your ass is safe, Clay? Or are they going to sit there and try to make a move? Because that, that that was all the Chris Paul move was about in Jordan Poole. Uh, Jordan Poole. It was about unloading. This was a financial move because that is, I told you, if they wouldn't have done anything, and they would have brought back that roster. You're talking about $440 million between Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Clay, and Steph. And the owner said, nah, I can't do that, especially if we're not guaranteed that roster being good enough to beat the Denver Nuggets or win another title. So this is all about moving furniture and moving finances uh, to get in compliance before this new um, luxury tax situation uh, kicks in. Um, also... Uh, before we leave the Golden State thing, I've been meaning to try to bring this up for the last few days. Um, and I forgot how I really saw this broke down. But, you know, Draymond Green has pretty much set himself up in a good situation this offseason. I think he has a little bit more leverage than what people uh, are realizing, especially with Golden State. You know, since they've pretty much moved on from Jordan Poole and uh, Draymond has opted out, I still say that they want Draymond Green but they want him at a lower amount. But the reality of it is, is that the way I saw this broke down, even if Draymond Green would leave, if you take away his $27 million, they're still, I mean, even if they come back to the table, it's still going to put that salary up. So really, to me, they're almost in a situation where they've got to hope Draymond comes back because if you lose him, it's kind of, you're still going to have a high-ass payroll. But the question is, are you even still at that point even contending for the West, let alone a title? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, Shout. cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. 
Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.